chapter 3 verse 1 to Micah chapter 4 verse 8. Then I said, Listen, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of Israel, should you not embrace justice? You who hate good and love evil, who tear the skin from my people and the flesh from their bones, who eat my people's flesh, strip off their skin and break their bones in pieces, who chop them up like meat for, for the pen, like flesh for the pot, then they will cry out to the Lord, but he will not answer them. At that time, he will hide his face from them because of the evil they have done. This is what the Lord says. As for the prophets who led my people astray, they proclaim peace. If they have something to eat but prepare to wage war against anyone who refuses to feed them, therefore night will come over you without visions and darkness without divination. The sun will set for the prophets and the day will go dark for them. The seers will be ashamed and the diviners disgraced. They will all cover their faces because there is no answer from God. But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, and with justice as might, to declare to Jacob his transgression, to Israel his sin. Hear this, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of Israel, who despise justice and distort all that is right, who build Zion with bloodshed and Jerusalem with the wickedness. Her leaders judge for a bribe, her priests teach for a price, and her prophets tell fortune for money, yet the Yet they look for the Lord's support and say, Is not the Lord among us? No disaster will come upon us. Therefore, because of you, Zion will be plowed like a field. Jerusalem will be become will become a heap of rubble. The temple hill a mound overgrown uh, with uh, thickets. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and many people will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of God of Jacob. He will teach us His ways, so that we may walk in His path. The law will go out of Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples, and will settle disputes from four strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Everyone will sit under their own vine and under their own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. All the nations may walk in the name of their gods, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. In that day, declares the Lord, I will gather the lame, I will assemble the exiles, and those I have brought to grief. I will make the lame my remnant, those driven away, a strong nation. The Lord will rule over them in Mount Zion from that day and forever. As for you, watchtowers of the flock, stronghold of daughter Zion, the former dominion will be restored to you. Kingship will come to daughter Jerusalem. Amen. Yesterday was a um, beginning or the introduction for you to loosen all your bindings. Um, these days, God do not usually do these kind of introductions. I mean, he, he begins straight away from the first day from the first session, but because there are many of you who gathered here who hasn't been here for a while, we needed some, some time to loosen those. But from now on, from today, God will begin working um, upon you. You know, as, as you know, these days we don't have these preparation um, setups for for the war in Zoe ministry. Uh, 
last time in Costa Rica, God made this person who broke his knee to just jump around and and he made this one sister who has never ran in her life to just run around his presence is just amazing right this is because of the glory that God is pouring to his remnants in this last season God does not spare anything. He just breaks down everything. And there are many of you who hasn't been here for a while. God is being easy on you. But from today, but from today, God will bring bring you guys to the center. So Let's begin looking from chapter 3, which is the main part of the text of Book of Micah. So when the prophets prophesy, they do not only prophesy about the point of time that they're living. Your faces look brighter. And the impartation you received yesterday was not a small thing. So it is something that we need to do. We need to be imparted and keep um, hit upward, upward. Bring me a cup of coffee, please. From the very first day I began talking about this, we are talking about my own world, my nation. This is not something difficult. If you do not live by the kingdom of God, then you naturally live by your own world. If I don't minister according to kingdom of God, Yeobang Church will become my nation. For example, I'm a father. If I don't become a father to rule my family, <laughs> anyways, uh, someone came from from uh, someone who used to be who used to live in Yerbang Church many years ago came, but anyways, it does not matter. But focus, uh, concentrate, please. It's an important session. Just as I said a while ago, you guys are such an important generation, and you need to believe in that. And also. What I feel precious about you is that you've been living, receiving these amazing truths for the last 20 years. This is not a small thing. Because anyone who received this truth are the ones that the enemies wants to get rid of. So, so last 20 years as the ministry has been standing up um, my heart grew with them 
And in terms of a big picture, it is God's plan. It is not something that I could do something out of it. And anyways, the remnants ministry would be the ministry of small people, small numbers. And also, not everyone can join this. So in that condition, still you guys uh, followed me and and of course there are differences between levels between you guys, but you guys are still trying to uh, receive this truth purely, 100%. There's nothing else. If you have um, not anything else other than this truth, then you cannot stay here. And in Zoe ministry, about 4,000 pastors went on and off. Nearly most of them left Zoe ministry except for the few who are staying right now. Why? Because if you are mixed, you cannot stay here. We have Pastor Lee Yonghun, who is the representative of the second generation. How precious would he be in my eyes? He's the, the front line of the second generation who has received my truth. So when I meet him, I, I want to like kiss him. <laughs> and for example, Pastor Kim Ju-il from Maranatha, they are not the ones who are mixed. They, they have put their lives in this truth. And we have Pastor Ki-hoon. Pastor Ki-hoon, I guess his truth is not mixed, but there is something that is mixed in him. <laughs> and even his younger brother acknowledged that. But I mean, how, how dare can you say that you're to your older brother? And we have Pastor Eun-jung back there, Pastor Shin-ung. And where's Pastor Dong-jin? Did he, did he leave our, our Zoe ministry? How unfortunate. How precious are these next generation pastors? And we have Pastor Ivan from a foreign country. We have pastors in Malaysia. We have ministers in Africa. And the leaders who are being raised in Central America. These are the people who receive this truth without any, anything that is mixed. So if there's anything mixed in you, you cannot stay in Zoya ministry. This is a law. This is a law. You need to solve this in order to uh, be with Zoe ministry. That's the reason why all these 4,000 uh, 4, pastors had to leave, leave Zoe ministry. And it still applies now too. This is not my intention. And there were lots of ministers who came to me and asked me to do some sort of like cooperation or something. But, but. God hates having the truth mixed, so I could not um, hold shake, uh, hold hands with them. So that's the reason why I walked this lonely path for the last 20 years. But before then, God made me to be prepared for more than 10 years. If I knew something else, probably I would have done something else too, but this was the only thing that I knew. God gave me this truth, so... So I could not look at anything else but this truth. This is how the ministry is being established and being built. What we have been planted, God will acknowledge them. And, and surely God will make them bear fruit in 30 times, 60 times, and 100 times. 
and God is showing his first evidences and first signs in Central America. And after one year of ministry, more than like 60, 70 churches are joining the ministry. Even, even we've been ministering in South Korea for 20 years, and there are not many. In Honduras, they say 82 people will come to Israel conference. It's not because of what I have done. It's because how God is moving. And later on during this year, I will go to Africa, and I believe God will bear fruit in Africa too. And if if these two pastors who came from China, if they do something well, then I may I probably will be able to go into China. Would I be able to go in? I should. If if God tells me to go, then I should go. Because because there are hundred pastors who has been ordained from the ministry. I don't know how many will be um, remained by will of God in Zoe ministry, but the last, but the last news I heard, last news I heard is that the people who have been introduced to Zoe ministry through them are three hundred thousand. So we need to let this flow to be circulate among them. And China being persecuted in this season is God's will. Through this procedure, God is um, separating the remnants from them. So, so we have such an important spiritual meaning for these two people coming, joining, joining these, this conference. And in China, um, in in 2016, I went to China for one month, walking around the mainland China and um, from from north part of North Korea and and the border of North Korea and China to the western part of China. And I had the conference with 30 Korean missionaries, and and I told them, you will be exiled. You will be kicked out from from the country, and right after a year, that happened. And there are not there's no missionaries in in China. Only the businessmen are left there. And when everything is being closed to Korean ministry missionaries, I went there to do the Zoe ministry. Um, um, conference. I'm not saying that they have not done anything in China, but but they failed to show the truth and the glory of the church in China. That's the reason why God sent me to um, solve everything and to uh, you know arrange things in the right way. And after a year, hundred pastors were ordained. We need to see how many will remain. But this is the season that I need to enter once again. And the message is keep uh, penetrating within them continuously. And the remnants must arise. God is uh, raising remnants in each continent. And you generation, you next generation is the main characters of this next season. 
So, so the enemies are trying their best to uh, make you guys fall down, especially through cell phones. These kind of things are keep killing, killing your spirit. These are becoming the channels to kill you. In my generation, I'm not saying that we did not have any interference of the spiritual beings, but but the spiritual things these days are ruled directly by the Antichrist. So, so look, uh, in the early stages of my spiritual battle, uh, at most I fought with these regional powers. For example, if I say we'll have a next generation conference, we said that um, the main attack will be unbelief. We said something like that. But these days, we don't have something like that. Why? Because Antichrist is attacking on us who is ruling over all different regional powers. So in the early stages of my spiritual battle, we had spiritual battle in those kind of conditions. I had to only fight against one specific spirit. But through that kind of procedure, I grew. And for example, I'm fighting against Antichrist right now. I'm trying to lift a hundred kilo kilogram, then it's too heavy for me to lift. But I begin lifting from 50 kilo, 60 kilo, 70 kilo. Then I will become able to lift 100 kilograms. And that was my procedure. But it's now um, giving you guys 100 kilograms right away to lift that up. So it's difficult for you to do so. You are not prepared, but Antichrist just came in front of you. So now, when we have like young adults conference, we don't have uh, something is a main, main spiritual flow, no. Antichrist will grab hold of the weakness of you and he will attack you limitlessly. So you cannot stand in front of that attack. Let's say if, if I have an immorality, then that Antichrist will try to grab hold on that immorality until the end to make you fall down. If you have despair, he will grab onto that despair to make you stumble. So, so this is how important uh, to fulfill and accomplish this predestination to be pure and blameless. You should not have any hole. If you have any hole, you, um, Antichrist will dig that hole to become um, deeper. And I'm a pastor. And it, when, I, when a pastor has a spirit of religion, Antichrist will cooperate with that religion. So through the spirit of religion, they can just blow these pastors right away. Through your reason and rationalities, through all those performance, they will take away those materials, people, and health completely. So if you, uh, without being pure and blameless, especially pastors cannot survive in these days. So that's the reason why we need to unite, just like Zoe Ministry, praying and interceding for each other. This is how important it is. So you are living in a season the Antichrist is doing an all-in attacks. 
So this is the this is one of many reasons why event of Damascus is a rare thing among your generation. And still, you guys are having your own nation too. And we are living in a season to get rid of that nation. We keep talking about this own nation. If you have your own nation, what kind of things uh, are be uh, being revealed as a uh, evidence? First. First, uh, what's the evidence of the fullness of the Holy Spirit? What's the evidence of living by kingdom of God? Is that you don't use your own thoughts. You don't think. If you live by the Holy Spirit, you don't have to think. Well, more exactly speaking, you don't need to think. Or rather, you cannot think. But if you live by your own world, own nation, you keep think. And because you are centered, self-centeredness, if you are keep concentrating on your own benefit, enemies are deceiving you as a visions and dreams, but it's all your greed. Kingdom of God alone is our vision and our goal, but, but uh, by your own greed, something is being uh, raised up in you. So if you see yourself having lots of thoughts, it means that you're living by your own nation. So, frankly speaking, it's brainwashing. <clears throat> through Antichrist, through cell phones, through channels of Babylon, you're keeping brainwashed. So, so you try to receive God's word as an information. So where can we find the solution? We need God to be present powerfully among you, upon you, in order to break your own nation. More than our expectation, it is God's will. So you need to, um, out of, at, at all costs, come to this kind of conferences. Maybe you can uh, personally meet that kind of event through your personal prayer, but it is nearly impossible. But through this kind of conference, you need to have a breakthrough. Heaven is for those who, who break through. Nearly all your life, you've been self-centered instead of God. It is impossible to be um, turned upside down completely. Um, there are many reasons, and even if you turn, if you are turned upside down, it is easy for you to be uh, easy for you to return to your original state. So, in order to break you down completely, God is visiting you right now. Uh, if you do not meet the event of Damascus for chance, um, then you should not be this, fall in despair too. You need to continue to um, come to Zoe Ministry and sustain this amount of, of grace. Then God will raise these remnants who will face and exp experience the Damascus. So those of you have, those of you who have many thoughts, this is a clear evidence that you are forming and building your own nation.
God created us in into His image, right? It it is Chelem. It has His life, and and Chelem is not being created. Instead, God uh, implanted His His life into into us. He gave Adam his king, royal authority not because he created him. but because we are part of his life. What's the reason why I love my children? Because I gave them my life. It's the same. God gave you his life. So God's life is not being created, but instead he has um, implanted his life to us. He did not coincidentally gave us his holiness, his righteousness, his covenances. We are we are the classmates of the creation just like pigs and elephants. But among them God did not choose us and I, he said, "Oh, I love you." No, he did not do that. We were not chosen in that way. We became children of God by receiving God's life. I preached this message in 2 Corinthians already, but what matters is that in His image, in His life, He clothed that life um, as a body with a clay. So you can say that the human beings are, all, are in a way created, but if you look at the Bible, Um, the the verb nava uh, bara, the verb bara doesn't doesn't appear that that many in the Bible. It's not nava, it's bara. Rather, he used a term that he gave birth to us. What does that mean? Just saying that he created us is not enough to explain he, he, the relationship between us. Or rather, he beget it with us. He beget us. He gave a birth to us so that we became a father and son relationship. So, of course, it is true that our body is created. And what, what did he do? God breathed his, his wind, His Spirit into us, and we became a living spirit. In 1 Corinthians, um, Apostle Paul directly quoted that, that verse. What's that living, living spirit? That's the living psyche, um, psych. Why did God say that we are a living soul? It's like this. We are the ones who are made through his spirit, I mean his life, so we must live by him. But if we do not live by him, human beings live according to their own thoughts. That's one of the reasons why God created the fruit of knowing good and evil. Without me, you are not perfect. Without me, you need to live according to your own soul. 
This is the core, the nuclear of our human anthropology. When we choose the new self through our functions of the spirit, we have the relationship with the spirit. And also the Holy Spirit came within me. I become able to meet the Lord with this Holy Spirit. This is pneuma, the Greek word. But if I choose the old self, this old self doesn't have a qualification to meet the Lord. And he cannot meet the Lord because he are limited to his own intelligence. So if you keep living by your own thoughts, it means that you're living only by the limitation of your resources. So you must form your own nation. Why? Because you have to possess those in order to survive, in order to protect them from others. So you, you shouldn't let go of your limited resources like that. So that's the reason why you are clinging on the earth, you are clinging on your possessions, you are struggling to protect them. No, if you're living by God, you shouldn't have any um, problems in, in resources. You don't possess anything, you just let them go because God is providing you limitlessly. So this is a characteristic of the people who are meeting the Lord. And one of them is just giving others, giving others continuously. If not, um, they have to keep um, claim something from others. All universe is mine, right? Amen? So if you live by thoughts, how dangerous is that? God created us that we, we should not live according to my thoughts. God said, you need me. You need me. From the beginning of creation, he said it this. And because you're living by your own thoughts, you are keep drawing Babylon. Let's move on. What time is it now? Let's finish today's sermon within 30 minutes. <laughs> Are you laughing at me? <clears throat> so we now entered into the main text. And from chapter 4 begins uh, important prophecies. So you need to see how this generation is going on. So if you think that, oh, I will try something best and I will try to stay in the grace. And if you are like, oh, my church, if you have that kind of perspective, then you are being hooked by the enemies. Now is a time that you need to see everything as a whole. You need to have the integration. And he, you need to see, oh, the Lord is uniting the remnants in order to confront the Antichrist. He's uh, raising those people and he's preparing those people to prepare the way of the coming of the Lord. You need to see this picture. 
Why should I? Why would I invite people from outside in our conference? It costs us money, right? I mean, if if we just have conference on ourselves, wouldn't it be good enough? But but I'm having the perspective in in his eyesight. That's the reason why I am. Uh, I know that it is the season that God is uniting the remnants. I'm not the world. Um, uh, you know, I don't have nothing with the world. You know, I used to have a plan to go have a world tour, but I did not have any visions to go around the world to evangelize or something. And I became old now that it is so difficult for me to uh, take airplanes now. <laughs> now I'm thinking about having my own personal airplane. So I should should I should I prepare a sauna in the airplane? <laughs> because because it's so difficult for me to ride on a plane now. Sometimes I it's difficult for me to breathe. But even though I am I am um, going all around the world to have the conference, it's because God is sending me. And we are small in number right now. We don't know how important this unification is among us. So do not be deceived at all costs. Do not be divided among yourselves. So do not receive the spirit of division. Especially the next generation of Zoe ministry. I mean, how important are we? You are being raised as a generation who can die for the person who are sitting next to you. Do not think, oh, should I, do I have to die for this kind of person? No. <laughs> Let's look around. Let's look around and see one another. You should be able to die for that brother or that sister. Ming. Brother, can you die for that brother? Yes? How about you? <laughs> After this high schooler came back from Europe, they become comrades. Okay, let's begin uh, talking about the main text now from verse 1 to 4. Here appears the corruption of the political leaders. <clears throat> From verse 1 to 3 appears the image of corruption. Let's skip this part within a minute. Then I said, listen, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of Israel. Whether it's any organization or church or Israel, leaders are the ones who are important. Not because they are excellent people. Whether it's church, whether it's Israel, in order to rule them, God will raise their leaders among them. God, of course, rules over everyone, but but God shows His way of of, of rule rule through the leaders. So it's it's a matter of calling, and I was called as a leader of Yolbang Church and Zoe Ministry. 
So I don't, there's nothing that I need to brag about or boast about because God called, as uh, God called, I should, only thing that I can do is to respond to his calling. And according to his calling, he will provide everything that is needed for the ministry. So in that sense, leaders are important. So in Yeolbong Church, if I lose sight of mine, then everyone will lose sight too in Yeolbong Church. If I lose sight in Yeolbong Church, then everyone in Soya Ministry will lose their sight too. So I'm, I'm telling the church, church members to fast for me and pray for me. And last three, 33 years, God, God led me in the right way. And until the end, I believe God will lead me in the right way too. And... And so, necessarily, I need to receive the prayers and the fastings of Zoe Ministry and Yolbang Church members. But when the leaders are corrupted, you will lose hope. Of course, God has next plan. But first, but first, if the leaders fall, then that's a big issue. In our church, it's the same. If someone else fall besides me, then that that will be a hurt for us, and that will be unfortunate. But, but you know we can we can stand back. But if I fall, then that's another issue. So pray for me, right? Israel's corruption is represented by the corruption of the leaders, and I always quote this um, idiom from Britain. The fox army that is led by a lion leader would beat the the lion army that is led by a fox leader. That's how important the leader is. How is the leader standing in front of God? That is really important. In Matthew 17, I said this once. There are so many churches in the world. Which church is the church of God? They all have these um, signs that they are church of God. But who, who are true church of God? Then if you want to know that, then you should look at the senior pastor of the church. Why? Because God said, uh, Jesus said he will establish church upon Peter. And Peter is Jesus himself. And Jesus said he will establish church upon this confession of the Peter. So if you look at the senior pastor, you will be able to know whether that church is church of God or not. The holy relationship between God and that senior pastor, the truth that pastor has, spirituality that pastor has, the devotion and dedication that pastor has toward kingdom of God. And if you see that kind of thing, then you will be able to say, oh, that's the church of God. If you look at me, can you say this church is church of God then? You should be able to say clearly that this is church of God. So first, no matter what kind of church you are attending, you need to see how senior pastor is doing. But what's the limitation of the church? Or the people, uh, many of you um, did not have the ability to uh, to see whether the senior pastor is having the right relationship with God or not. So most people, you know, had the standard to choose between the pastors whether they are speaking well, whether they are good looking, whether having a good performance. 
<laughs> you feel offended because I said I said pastors who are good looking like me. <laughs> pastors should not be violent like me. I am showing a good example. <laughs> pastors must be meek. <clears throat> so so this is how serious the corruption of the leaders is. In 2008 years ago, um, Joel said this, from generation to generation. Um, Joel, God told Joel to, to prophesy from generation to generation. In the end time, the powerless um, leaders will arise. Uh, this is one of the core reasons why these powerless churches will be raised in the last season that is appearing in Isaiah 26. And the reason why church is being powerless is because of the corruption of the leaders. The, the powerless leaders are rising up. This is the season. When I look at Pastor Lee, oh, that's the church of God. Isn't it so? Why aren't you saying amen? Why don't you say amen? Uh, he said amen. Please um, raise your voice. <laughs> because you became a senior pastor, you became a little arrogant. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love Pastor Lee Yongun. I, I truly do. I, I, I consider him very precious because he is standing in the front line of this generation. And even, even I pray, him, pray for him more than my, my associate pastors. And because my associate pastors, they are related to me, so as long as I am not corrupted, they wouldn't have a, a, a big problem. But because Pastor Lee is staying in, in a different place, he's so important. But anyways, let's look at the corruption of the leaders in the Bible. So in a sense, you guys all are the leaders of this generation. <clears throat> to become healthy for you guys is important So because you guys are the leaders of this generation. In verse 1, um, Micah says, should you not embrace justice? Sometimes justice in Korean word is uh, interpreted in, in Zedek, and sometimes it is interpreted in the word uh, Mishpat. In Old Testament, uh, it is difficult to interpret the difference between one another. In Old Testament, mishpat can be translated as a, a righteous trial, right trial. But zedek and mishpat cannot be separated in terms of interpretation. So, so when when the mishpat is being used, you need to make the right decision through God's zedek, God's righteousness. Because it's a right trial. So it appears in verse 9 too. Who despise justice. This is Mishpat. So Mishpat appears, but, but fundamentally it, it needs to have the foundation of Zedek, which is uh, righteousness. What God, uh, what God considers righteous, you need to have that as a standard of your judgment. But if it goes to the New Testament, we will have little different meaning. But um, you know, there are many different perspectives of theology. But in one word, a leader must do a right trial. 
because that person and I have a good friendly relationship, I will do a favor for that person. Because that person buys me a good food, good gifts every time, I should praise him. No, you should not do that. Right? Mishpat is a right decision. It has a um, standard of tzedek, God's righteousness. So here, in verse 1, it says the leaders of the, uh, Jacob, they are having the standards not on Zedek. You who hate good and love evil, in verse 2. So because they are have not having the right decision, they hate good and they love evil. So what's the standard of God's Zedek? It's God's goodness. What God considers good? What does God consider good? And I'm ministering Yelbang Church and Zoya Ministry. I'm not saying I don't consider good because that person is close to me. No, this is the core this is the core of spirit of religion. If a pastor becomes religious, uh, he begins to create this human relationship. And many pastors do not know this. If you have this humanistic relationship, then immediately an evil begins from there. If I have human relationship between that person, then something evil will flow between that relationship. Uh, maybe greed, maybe immorality. The relationship will be corrupted like that. So, so the relationship must be built upon God's Shedek. In terms of New Testament, the relationship must be a spiritual relationship and the relationship of gospel. So in our church, if, if someone cannot build this spiritual relationship between me, I will only have a casual relationship with that person. So in order to have the relationship with me in Yolbang Church, at first, you need to have the relationship with of gospel. You need to consider the word that is being proclaimed from me as a life. If you fail to do that, um, I will be like, yeah, it is, it is still thankful for that person to stay at church. But I will surely tell the Lord, Lord, I never asked for you to send me these kind of people. I will let you handle these kind of people. It's a tragedy, right? Until, until recently, that person used to be like that. I mean, she, she used to love me so much. She was the one who loved me so much, but in terms of humanistic relationship. You know? It's not like she had a thing on me, but, but she respected me, she cared about me, but in a humanistic way. But anyways, let's move on. Right? No? <laughs> you did. It's like... My style. <laughs> Maybe I was her style. <clears throat> so listen carefully. Standard of Zedek is God's goodness. What is God considering good? <clears throat> so we need to love God's goodness. So within your spirit, God takes his primal uh, principle to have the goodness in you. If you have hurt, God will never um, leave that behind. If you have darkness, God will uh, not let those things just sit there. 
But because you have your own nation, you are refusing God's work. But because God wants to restore His goodness in you, He will keep approach to you. It's God's mercy. That's God's mercy. If you are broken in a way spiritually, God will never let that just sit there. But why are you having those hurts still, even though you have been staying in the church for a long time? Because of your own nation, you are refusing God's uh, approaching. Even though Holy Spirit keeps trying to work in you, you are keep refusing and rejecting His work. So this is only possible when you receive and allow and accept the work of the Holy Spirit. So that's the reason why you, should, you will have this contrite heart. So first, you need to live by the Holy Spirit. But these leaders here, they hated good, and instead they loved evil. When evil appears, what does that mean? I said, being evil is living for himself. My own joy, my own pleasure, my own thought, my method, my church, living by that is evil. So that's the reason why the, the life is going into ruin. So what happens? Who tear the skin from my people and the flesh from their bones. If you live by Babylon, what happens? You need, to, you need to devour on others in order to survive. Whether you are aware of it or not. Because you are a sinner, you commit sin. Because you are in the system of Babylon, you need to devour and kill others in order to survive. When you enter into a deep repentance, you will soon see the revelation and surfacing of your desire of Babylon. Then you will be able to see and realize, oh, desire of possession, desire and security, how evil this is. Desire of accomplishment and honor, desire of control and rule and pleasure, how evil is this? If you begin to see this, then, then you will realize, oh, in order to survive in Babylon, I have to kill someone. I have to devour someone. And and it will be a lifestyle of me to serve the power in order to live in Babylon. But God's kingdom is complete opposite. In order to live, you need to die to yourself. You need to give up upon yourself. In order to become, become high, you need to, be, you need to lower yourself. It is complete opposite. In order to become wise, you need to be ignorant in a sense. If you want to reach a far place, you need to stay there. This is the way of life of kingdom of God. If you want to be rich, you need to be poor. So in the way of Babylon, it is impossible to understand kingdom of God. So look, a day fly, not being able to understand what will happen tomorrow, is the same. If you live by Babylon, you will never be able to understand kingdom of God. In the limitation of this third dimension, you will never be able to uh, fathom the dimension of kingdom of God. If you live by the flesh, you will never understand this amazing feeling of the spirit. If you want to become strong, you need to be weak. Why? Why? In Babylon, you need to be strong in order to have money, in order to rule others. But in kingdom of God, you need to be weak. So 
so how how abstract would this feel to the people who are living in Babylon? And you, it is inevitable for you to just question me back. How is that possible? So in order to live by a kingdom of God, you need to break your own nation. You need to break your own kingdom. So you should not think, oh, how evil are they? No, this is an ordinary lifestyle of the people who are living by own kingdom. There are differences um, of the severity of, of the life, but in order to survive in Babylon, you need to take away from others, you need to devour them, you need to kill them. This is a system of, of evil. So, they, so these leaders tear the skin from the people, they will flesh from their bones. You know, they, they, are, they are cooking this meat soup or stew. Do you, do you guys have any food in Malaysia like kamjatang in Korea? This is bone soup. But anyways, uh, verse 3, who eat my people's flesh, strip off their skin. I mean, look how, how severely these leaders are doing and oppressing their own people. This is the image of the lifestyle of the people in Babylon who are serving the power. And if you live by your own kingdom, you will be standing in front of the judgment of the Lord. Most of the people will not realize until then what kind of evil they have committed. And at the point where they begin, where when they begin to see the records of their sin, they will know then. So on this earth, they will never realize how evil they are living. So at least if you're living by the kingdom of God, what is one of the fundamental spiritual manifestations? That the realization of the evil will happen in you and you will say, oh, I committed this kind of sin. I was evil. So you cannot um, stand and let your day pass by without examining your day if you are living by kingdom of God. But because you are not living by kingdom of God, you will just let your day pass by. And when you commit some kind of famous sin, then you will just beat your heart and say, Lord, I committed a sin. So frankly speaking, if you live by God, we don't, we don't um, repent because of these famous sins. Just um, going against spiritual uh, Holy Spirit's will is the sin itself. So if you do not live by God, it is impossible to repent at all at first. And, and it is impossible if you don't live by God to know what kind of sin you have committed in your days. There are many spiritual um, evidences if you are living by kingdom of God. And one of them is that you will know why you are having these problems in your life in, in, because of spiritual reasons. So, so you will be able to repent and give counterattacks to the enemies. But if you are living by the enemies, you will never know this. And it is impossible for you to avenge to the enemies. And you will just feel upset about it. And that's all. So that's how dangerous spiritually you will live if you are not living by kingdom of God. And if that kind of time will store in you and it will burst out from you and all, all you can do is to just blame God and blame the church and say, oh, I have offered that much money. I have prayed, oh, even though you didn't really pray. And this kind of um, 
blame will come out of you and without knowing why that kind of things happened. So if you live with your own kingdom, you will live by Babylon. Let's move to chap uh, verse 4. Judgment. What's their judgment? Then they will cry out to the Lord, but He will not answer them. It is clear. Um, they will say, oh, if God does not reply, I will live according to my own. But but this is judgment upon Israel. This is judgment upon for, for Israel. So look. Whether it's children of God, whether it's Israel, how should they live? They should pray to the Lord, and the Lord rep rep replies, responds, and He will give. This should be the life pattern of me and the Lord. So with my, my, my experience, with, with what I have, uh, living according to that is not God's pattern. That's the core reason why this relationship between God is being broken. I'm always quoting David. When, God, when David asks something to the Lord, and if, if the Lord doesn't reply to him, he cannot do anything else. This does not end to David's story, but it applies to us too, all of us. So it's such a great judgment. They will cry out to the Lord, but He will not answer them. Such a great judgment. Then what does God say? He will say, just live on your own. God did not create us in that way. He created us in a way that we cannot live without God's response. So if God says, live on your own, then our life will fall into ruins. So how great a judgment is this? Is. Then you will have to use all kind of methods and, and strength for you to survive in the world. How fearful is it? Um, should I use the term examine? But, but at least, but at least you should be able to know: um, Is God receiving my prayer right now? Is He replying to me? Without. Without this all, you should stop and pause your spirituality. And then you need to tune your relationship between the Lord once again and see what's, what's the problem. When was the last time that God replied to my prayer? If it was a far past that I cannot even remember? No. God is a God who is keep responding to us. Just as David said, Lord, lend me your ear. We are the relationship that we are talking directly into his ears, whispering into him. So God is keep listening to my prayer. No matter what kind of condition happens, just like Psalms 130 says, when I'm in a deep abyss, in, in the hole of despair, God will listen to my prayer. So because God is listening to his prayer, David would not consider anything as his problem. He has this confirmation of restoration. He has this affirmation of an upset. So if God does not reply, he cannot live. So in, in um, Old Testament, speaking and responding is one word. So when I, the relationship between me and God is that when I say something, God must reply. So in the, that's the reason why in New, New Testament, we call him Abba Father. When I ask something, he must reply. This is the relationship between us. 
if he does not reply, that's then the uh, he should not he should not uh, be silent on me. So so we need to maintain this right relationship between us. That's the reason why our righteousness is important. You need to have this kind of pride that he will always respond to me. Verse 4, at that time he will hide his face from them because of the evil they have done. So, so uh, spiritually, how can you explain this? Because I have lived in an old self, because my old self became strong, God cannot respond to that being which is all self. It's not like God is uh, intentionally not responding to them, but th He cannot listen to their prayer. God cannot respond to all the desires of the old self. So if, if a person, if he continues to live, uh, live by an old self, and if he meets a pro big problem, and if he asks something to the Lord, then that prayer will be desperate, right? Because, because he is facing a great problem. But, it, uh, but, um, but actually, it's, it's like an agony, but, but it's not a right prayer. So for us, what matters is the relationship between the Lord. And in the right relationship, we should sustain the new self which has a righteousness. Then God can hear our prayer. So when problem happens and when you become desperate, um, we cannot necessarily say that He will lis listen to us. So in terms of relationship, prayer is a good, um, good evidence. In John... John 7, 15 or John 15, I'm not sure, but um, ask of, so he, he told us to ask whatever and it will be answered. And, and if you hold on to the promise of the Lord and ask for anything, then he will answer to us limitlessly. In 1 John chapter 4, God said, God will answer to those things that is being asked according to God's will. So, so if I prayed outside of His will, then what does that mean? That I have asked to the Lord outside of, uh, uh, out of my own desire. In Book of Mark, if you have uh, believed that you will be that you will receive of the things that you have asked by faith so so prayer uh, is something that should happen in a right relationship if your old self is strong and if you try to pray God cannot listen to you so this is how important your new self is what kind of being are you? Holy Spirit is indwelling in you and He keeps shining these things to you. So if you live by the Holy Spirit, no matter what you are asking, He Himself will ask on behalf of you. So the core, core is to maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Believe what you have asked in your faith. In John, Jesus said, ask in my name, then I will do it for you. So what does it mean that we can use his name? That we can, 
we will have the same abundance in His name, the power in His name, and we will we are accepting and believing in that, and and we will pray according to that. Then God will God will respond to that prayer. So prayer will will be done in a in a exact order, spiritual order, and spiritual system and spiritual mechanism. And here, that God will hide His face from them, it means that this spiritual mechanism has been broken. And hiding His face means that He is in he, His angry status. So please call my name, Kisu. So even though He calls my name, I will not look at Him. Why? Because I'm, I'm having my wrath upon Him. Now call me, and if I if I run directly to him, what kind of status am I? I'm in a happy status. I will run directly to him. So when you guys pray, God will be like that. Right after you begin praying, who will run after you? Holy Spirit will run toward you. Who will run toward you? Jesus will run after you. And he will bring the prayer request to directly before the throne of God. Ephesians 4, 4.14 when I pray, Holy Spirit will seal that prayer, and Jesus, who is sitting next to that throne, will, will suggest that prayer to the Lord. And God will respond to you exactly. So, so you, can you see how exactly God is using this prayer in spiritual order? So you need to have the right relationship between the Lord. So... From verse 5 to 8 appears the corruption of the prophets. Israelites are having an overall corruption. Church is the same. When a pastor corrupts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, they will all corrupt. Same order like Israelites back then. When a leader corrupts, all the spiritual system in the church will corrupt too. So this is very important. So it is so natural for the prophets to corrupt too. This is what the Lord says. As for the prophets who led my people astray. So in current temptation, uh, he used the term um, temptation to, to lure or... So um, we, we are lacking time. But anyways, in Korean terms, they use the term um, temptation or to tempt or to seduce. In New Testament, I don't know where, but they said uh, the, these corrupted leaders use God's word as a lure, as a bait. This will not directly apply to you, but when a pastor, if he fails to proclaim the right truth, then it means that he's using God's word as a bait, as a lure, offered lots of money. I mean, that is a natural thing if he fails to proclaim the truth. It applies here too. The prophets are, are luring, luring the people. Look how they are luring. They proclaim peace if they have something to eat. If people feed them good meat, if they bribe him, then this prophet will, will pray blessing for them. But prepare to wage war against anyone who refuses to feed them. They will say, you will die if you live like that, because they are not being bribed. 
you should have at least brought something if you are coming to the pastor, if you're visiting pastor. I'm not saying that you shouldn't give anything to the pastor, but, but the relationship must not be a beneficial relationship between one another. So if a relationship between a pastor and a lay member uh, becomes a beneficial relationship with one another, then that's a serious thing. And it's a blessed thing for a lay member to bring a gift to the pastor having this thankful mind, thankful heart. But in order to do that, you need to have this spiritual relationship in the first place. But not having that spiritual relationship and just giving the gift and bribe, then you will, you will be, have this corrupted relationship. You will be corrupted to mammon. Verse 7, how would, um, verse 6 actually, verse 6 actually, um, how would God judge them? Therefore, night will come over you without visions. They will go into spiritual darkness. They will go into suffering. So when you when you enter into the darkness that you cannot minister, um, you need to pause and stop your ministry. But if you continue to uh, continue to minister, then then you will be able, you will be corrupted in religion. Such a fearful thing. If you go into darkness, you need to pause and repent deeply and to go into the time of restoration. But if you are hooked by the religion, you will continue to minister. I've seen, I've seen probably more than thousands of pastors who, who are like that. If you are hooked to a religion, you cannot stop your ministry. You just continue to go. This is a fearful thing. Probably at the end of their life, they will realize that. This is how dangerous spirit religion is. The most critical and dangerous spirit that the pastor should be alert of is spirit religion. It disguises itself as a holiness. So they minister and they will be corrupted by immorality, corrupted by greed. While they preach, they will be corrupted with, with lies. So they misunderstand that they are holy because they are ministering. But but their spirit is keeping rotting and corrupting. So you need to keep your eyes uh, keen toward the spirit of religion. I'm not saying that uh, discerning religion is the first thing, but, but if you sustain and maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you will be able to diagnose the religion. In order to be renewed every day, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you begin opening the channels that make you hardened, then you will begin to be, a, be, be corrupted by the religion. And maybe many of you might say, um, I'm not a pastor, I'm just a lay member, so it does not apply to me. But no, there are only two ways that you will not be corrupted by the religion. First, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit always. Second, you need to um, get out of the church. You need, uh, then, then you, will, you will be associated with the, with the world, so you won't be related to the religion. Anyways, let's continue. Uh, verse 6, without visions, they will not see the visions. They will not see the reality of God's word. 
It's, uh, it feels like I'm, I'm talking to the pastors. But you know, just like that, I keep preaching. But if I'm in spiritual darkness, I will just keep preaching this religious sermon without seeing God's uh, reality of his word. And later it will appear, but, but the pastor should teach with anointing and preach with anointing, but because you're in spiritual darkness, you fail to do that. And, and I try to uh, preach the sermon with, with my own experience, my own um, techniques. So if you guys refuse not to receive the word, but if you decide to receive the word today, then, then you will know that, that the revelation that I'm preaching from here is being poured by uh, anointing. One of the evidence is that the repentance will happen among you. And second, second you will receive the amount of growth of the Spirit through, through the sermon. This is the evidence that you are receiving the word by faith. Hebrews 4.12 says, Without receiving the word by faith, there's no benefit. But oppositely, if you receive the word by faith, there, there will be a benefit. There's, there will be growth of spirit. And in verse 6, once again, and darkness, there will be suffering. So always, last 20 years, what I've been um, saying and emphasizing to the Soy ministry is that church itself does not have any limitation. Right? They will not meet any limitation of material. And when you have the limitation, then that's not the limitation of the church. That's the limitation of the pastor. The original nature of the church is that God is taking responsibility of that church. So it would not have any limitation. And the limitation you might see in the church is the evil of the pastor. This is so, um, so accurate that because I have no limitation of the material in me, that God will never show any limitation of material in the church. And because I do not have any limitation of immorality, uh, this church will never face any problem not, not being able to minister because of the lack of the people. So I don't have any limitation of power. So if it's God's will, then I will do anything. So there's no limitation of church. Whether it's sermon, whatever that is, it's not the limitation of the church. It's the limitation of the pastor. It's the limitation of the people in the community or the evil of the community. So this is the characteristics of the Israel. They are the beggar. They don't have anything. But if they live by God, Israel will always be victorious. This is Israel. So Israelites should not strive to possess and own anything. They, they, they don't need to possess Lakish. All they need to do is to live by God. Israel did not have any story, history saying that because Israel was strong, they were victorious. No. If you, if you strive and say, oh, I will prepare this sermon well and do this sermon well, no, that's impossible. 
So let's continue. Without divination, God is calling the prophecy as a divination. How how funny is God's joke? So in Korean, uh, it is translated as a fortune telling. The sun will set for the prophets, and the day will go dark for them. They will have no hope anymore. Verse seven. The seers will be ashamed and the diviners disgraced. And even God is calling these prophets as the diviners and the seers, the idolaters. They will all cover their faces. And in Korean translation is their lips. So God is covering their lips so that they cannot even preach. They cannot even prophesy. And they, they will see that God is not answering because there is no answer from God. And God is revealing that these are all false prophecies. According to Joel, they will, they will um, have the shame. So it is important for the word of God that is being proclaimed through the pastor not to be fallen on the ground. Why? Because it is God's will. So what I always pray about is that, Lord, uh, what is being, being proclaimed through me, Lord, do not let that fall down on the ground because God's truth is being proclaimed through me. So it is most important not to preach uh, by what I have. So verse 8, But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, and with justice and might. So here, me is referring to Micah himself. So God is living by the Spirit of the Lord. So what matters is that uh, it's not I try my best, I strive, no, to live by the Spirit of the Lord. In my church, this is what I emphasize always. Living by the Holy Spirit is the most important thing. Being soaked in the Spirit is the most important thing. Ministering is just the extension of your life, living with the Spirit. After, in the midst of your sleep, you will minister. So the easiest thing to do is ministering. Why? Because I'm not the one who is ministering. And this is only possible if you're living by the Holy Spirit. So if you consider the ministering as something that is difficult, then that's a serious thing. Because you are trying to do that out of your own effort. So the most important thing is to live by the Spirit. And Micah said, I am filled with power. If you live by the Spirit, you are living with the power that the Holy Spirit is giving you. So if you understand the relationship between the Holy Spirit, then fundamentally that kind of person will live a life that he will be diligent on emptying himself. He will never become lazy on this process of emptying himself. Why? Because the power is not mine. It's Holy Spirit working in me. So, so I have to always empty myself. In Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You need to be able to confess this. Amen? So you are living by the power that the Spirit is giving you and with justice and might. So here justice is mishpat again. So through the right judgment that God is giving, the right um, right. Uh, conclusion that God is giving. In New Testament, Jesus gave us Jedek, the righteousness, to us. And what does that mean? Through His precious blood, God is keep acknowledging me as righteous. So through precious blood, God gave us His righteousness. What, my, what 
becomes my mishpat. That the trial is always a, a winning trial. There's no trial at all. At, God will have always the conclusion for me to be victorious. So in, in perspective of Hebrews, book of Hebrews, when you commit sin, and immediately the enemy will accuse you and say, hey, he committed crime. Then you will not listen to his accusement or he, his word. Instead, you will listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of the precious blood. Then you will immediately repent and you will immediately receive God's righteousness. Then God will acknowledge you as guiltless. But even, but still, would an enemy accuse you or not? He will continue to accuse you. But because you have the righteousness of God, how will you respond to the enemies? You will say, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. So you will never uh, be shaken by these accusing of the enemies. There's no need for you and, and you cannot do that. Guilty is a word that will no longer exist in you. Because you don't have a trial anymore. But because you are living by your own thoughts, you will always be on a trial. So in the real world, in, in this physical world, if you are on a continuous trial, you will go, go, your life will fall into ruin. But because you have mishpat, because you have mishpat, you don't have to have a trial at all. Why? Because he is this bleeding um, lawyer who is defending us. Do not just understand this in a, in a, a um, theory, but practically you need to be able to hear this accusing voice of the enemies and say to respond to them, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it's a little different uh, between the sins. You keep listening to this voice of the enemies, actually. But... But the reason why you can you 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 can refuse that accusement is because you are receiving God's righteousness in a right way. Let's say before I came up to up here to preach, I, I committed some kind of sin, and if I have if I have confirmed my righteousness, I should be able to flow the anointing through me right away. But if I did not confirm the righteousness, what happens to me? I will keep hearing the voice of the enemies. Hey, you you. Should you say that? Is it okay for you to say that kind of thing to those people? I will keep listening to that. For example, um, I just had a quarrel with my wife just before I came up here. And when I came up here, before I came up here, I repented to the Lord. But if I fail to confirm my righteousness, and, and I had to preach about Ephesians chapter 5, love your wife, then I will hear the voice of the enemies. Hey, why don't you love your wife? So, if you confirm your righteousness, you don't have to care even if you're hearing the voice of the enemies. And look, these accusations and the voice of the enemies are practical manifestation of the enemies. And the, if these kind of things happen, it will bring a loss of spiritual power in you. Um, the difference between this Porsche and and this this car Corvette, one of the models of Corvette. I don't know the details of the models, but 
but 911 is a very very light car it can run uh, right away but Corvette is a heavy car so it cannot go real that fast from the beginning so it's like that if you keep hearing the voice of the enemies and accusations of the enemy you will keep experience the loss of your spiritual power many reasons that you are not being able to pray one of them is that you are experiencing this spiritual exhaustion because you keep hearing this accusation of the enemies and these days people are are wearing these earphones right it's the same. These these accusations of the enemies are are plugged onto your ears. You need to pluck that out. You know, these days all these next generation they're they're wearing these earphones all day, right? These accusations are keep being heard next to your ears. Hey, you do your business. How can you say that you are a child of God? You will commit the sin again. You will stumble again. And, and even that enemy is prophesying on behalf of you. He will say, you will commit sin again. But look, but if you have um, received God's righteousness right away after you repent, and if you commit the same sin tomorrow, then how would you repent? You would say, Lord, I have committed the same sin again. No, you will, you will not say the word again. It's the new sin that you have committed. Well, maybe you, you might abuse this kind of thing if I teach you wrong. But this is what the righteousness of God do. If you understand the power of righteousness too. When, when God says, I will no longer remember your sin, then it means that he will no longer remember our sins. But when you say, oh Lord, I have committed this sin again, then God will look over the file of sins that you have committed, the record of the sin you have committed. But it has been deleted because you have repented sincerely yesterday. And he would question me, oh, when did you commit this sin before? But because you don't receive, you don't accept this righteousness in a right way and you don't understand the power of the blood, this is not, this is not, you know, this is about trusting His promise. If you believe in His, his promise, then you will be like that. Then you might think, oh, I will commit the same sin over and over again because I can repent over and over again. But the power of blood is not like that. If you receive this right righteousness, then then the power and the effectivity, uh, if effect of the sin will be deleted. It does not just end at um, deleting the record of sin, but also the power and influence of the sin will be deleted in me too. So the reason why you are keep repeating the same sin over and over again is because you have not deleted the power and influence of the sin by repentance. So, uh, let's say a little bit about this mechanism. If you receive the power of the blood, the records of the sin that is, has been recorded in my uh, um, conscious is being deleted. And then, if you receive God's righteousness and God's love, all the power I used to have when I committed a sin will be deleted. I will talk about lots of other things. But at least, if you remember these two things, this will be the reason that you will not commit the same, same sin easily the next time. 
What's the first thing? That you will have the record of sin anymore. So, so the enemy cannot, cannot quote and refer to that record of sin to accuse me. So this is, how this is how dangerous the personalization of the sin. Because I always have the record of sin in my conscience that the, the enemy will understand. If I accuse this, he will stumble again and again. It is easy for them to accuse me, say, Oh, you have committed the sin of unbelief again and again. But if you continue to receive His righteousness every day, and if you were diligent in deleting the record of sin through His righteousness, enemies cannot accuse you. And moreover, the power and influence of the old self that you have uh, stored when you committed the sin will be deleted. When you confess your sin, you will be forgiven and God will cleanse you from all the unrighteousness. So you will be cleansed. It means that the power of all self that you used to have will be deleted, will be removed. So verse 8, you need to understand what it is to be standing on a trial. You will no longer have a trial. Do not be deceived by the enemies. So you need to continue to pray to the Lord. Lord, let me, let me receive the power of the blood at this moment by faith. Lord, let me believe in the power of prayer. And one other thing that you should pray at the same time is that, Lord, let me receive your love. Why? Because the uh, power of the blood is not just a simple magic touch. But because God loved you, you He gave you the blood. Let's say, I gave a birth to my child with love. What does it mean that I gave my blood to that child? So if that child calls me a father, how can he call me a father? Because he received my, my blood. So blood and the love comes together. So if you receive the love, then you will understand the power of the blood. So let's say, so let's say I have met my son after 30 years. Let's say if he calls me father... And would I say, I, I don't know you. What happens then? Then we need to go through this blood examination. So that's the same. Understanding the power of the blood is confirming, confirming the love of God. So, so if, if someone does not understand the power of the blood, then he will never understand God's love. Do you get it? Um, we need to finish, but we, we probably would not be able to do so. But anyways, uh, what, what do we do this afternoon? We, we, we rest? Should we gather instead of rest? We need to finish all, all Book of Micah in this conference. Well, well, something will happen. <laughs> oh, well, let's continue anyways. So, so look. So here appears might, the word might, justice and might. Might is the result of faith. I always say the boldness of faith 
And, and this year's slogan for our church is the same, being brave. Daniel 12, 24 says, At the end time, God will raise a generation who will confront the Antichrist. What's the characteristic of this generation? The wise, the strong, the strong, the wise, and the brave. Right? The strong, the brave, and the wise. The strong, the wise, and the brave. So here, brave is not exactly the same as the word might. But this is the manifestation or the evidence of the life who are living by the faith. They will not be afraid of the world. They will not be afraid of the enemies. This, is, this should be a clear evidence that you are living by faith. So look, why is powerlessness so dangerous to you? It means that you are um, acknowledging that something is more powerful than you. If you see someone who is more rich than you, you, f you feel oppressed. And if, if you see someone who is smarter than you, you feel oppressed. This is all evidence of the life without faith. You will never be oppressed by the people or, or by the world. This is only possible when you are living by faith. So, the, so at the end... So at the end, this generation who can confront uh, the Antichrist will rise. Those ones who are strong, the brave, and the wise will, will, raise up, will rise up. But these days, these young adults, they are so powerless. So when people say, why are you so powerless? Then, then they will say, oh, because I don't have money, because no girl will like me. You need to repent. I told one of our young adults that, hey, go to this, this girl and, and tell them, will you marry me? And the, the worst thing that, you will, you will, it, that will happen to you is to be slapped. <laughs> if you go to a woman and say, will you marry me? Then she will slap you. I mean, the worst thing that will happen to you is being slapped. Won't you, don't you have that kind of bravery at least? I mean, how powerless are they? Look, brothers, brothers, these sisters are actually looking for that kind of brother. I mean, of course, of course, you don't have a, a great possibility like me to, <laughs> to go in at a first, first try. When I got married, you know, of course, of course, my mother-in-law, she did not, uh, she did not like me that much. So it took me a year, but, 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 you know, you guys would not have a big possibility to, to score a goal um, from a first try. But, but, you know, sisters who want a brother like that, raise your hand. <laughs> they are all raising their hands. <laughs> but at least you should do that by faith. You should do everything by faith. Anyway, let's continue. So, to declare to Jacob his transgression, to Israel his sin. In Second Corinthians, Paul said, We should be clear between the stench of death and the fragrance of life. 
So wherever we, we, we go, we need to show the clear standard between the judgment and the life. This is a characteristic of the people that God is using at this end time. They are not in this gray zone. They are not like um, impure. They must stand on the right standard of God. From verse 9 to 11 or 12. Well, um, so anyways, we'll finish here. Um, we'll see tomorrow whether I will use the afternoon session or not because the important um, prophecies will appear from here. We have three more sessions, right? But anyways, we will finish. So let's pray. Let's pray.